Welcome to the Arise podcast. My name is Tanya Anderson. I'm CEO at Arise, and it's my real honor to have with me today New York State Senator John Mannion. Welcome. Thank you, Tanya, and thank you for all that you do. Oh, thank you. So you have been a real champion for the disability community for many years, and you serve as chair of the State Senate Standing Committee on Disabilities, and I deeply appreciate that official work that you do. But I thought we would talk a little bit today about your personal connection to the disability community. Absolutely. Well, um, like most families, uh, I have more than one family member who uh, has a disability. And uh, as a young person, my father, his sister, my aunt uh, had Down syndrome. So I watched uh, my father's experience and certainly had a great relationship with my aunt. But also, I'm a parent. So uh, our oldest child was diagnosed with autism at age a little over three uh, years of age. And, of course, uh, as new parents, uh, first-time parents, uh, it's challenging anyways. And, um, you know, making sure that your child goes through the diagnosis process and then, um, you know, doing what you can to make sure that services are in place to help and then dealing with the fact that uh, you know your life has changed to a bit that you are going to have to focus uh, and work a little bit differently than some other parents do so anyway it is um, it is the greatest blessing of my life I would say uh, and and has helped me become a better parent uh, now that young boy is a 24-year-old man and wow. and doing well and employed and a graduate of college. But it didn't come with uh, without great challenges and uh, ups and downs and un- some unfortunate situations where you can't control things out there in the world and how it impacts them. But you realize that, uh, you know, you have to be an advocate. Uh, for your child and therefore you're advocating for others so uh, I will say that uh, you know just a few years ago I was a teacher in a classroom so I taught many students that had IEPs or 504 plans and um, sat in CSE meetings with uh, the perspective of a parent and hopefully was helpful in that I actually taught a 15 to 1 class living environment where I had students with different diagnoses that needed a little bit of support and that was a that was a wonderful experience uh, so I, I started this long sentence I think by saying a few years ago I wouldn't have expected that I would have been uh, the chair of the disabilities committee in fact when I was elected there really wasn't a standing uh, committee on just disabilities right. and when uh, I approached my uh, leader, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, who's a great leader, um, she had talked about committees I was interested in. And I actually proposed that we have a standalone committee and break the Mental Hygiene and Developmental Disabilities Committee into just a committee focused on developmental disabilities. And she did that. And I just think that the creation of that committee alone, regardless of who's in charge of it, uh, helps provide the focus necessary on on uh, on this community so so I am a parent and it drives me as we got a chance to speak before we started the podcast it puts us in a club where we are um, uh, you know 
driven in so many ways because of the love of our family members that we want to help that family member if they need it and we want to help others and it is noble work and and you know that as well as anybody yes and there's a lot to unpack in what you just shared with us um, and I agree with you that the uh, developmental disabilities community is really complex and very different one person to the other a diagnosis just even uh, if you look at the autism spectrum people are just so very different and so mm -hmm. the complexity is recognized in that work and I appreciate you doing that structural change and I want to go back to you know your son is 24 now mm -hmm. um, my daughter is 18 uh, she has a different developmental disability um, but I was also you know first my first child my only child new parent not knowing what to do Think back to when you know he was three, mm -hmm. and you were new to this whole system. Right. What What prompted you to try to figure out what was going on? Well, it seemed like a lot of our friends had children a little bit older than our son, and they uh, often were female, which uh, some. In, in, uh, if we're painting with a broad brush from a developmental standpoint, uh, girls generally progress quicker than boys when it comes to language development and things like that. So um, with our son, when we would all congregate in certain settings, it seemed like his play was a little uh, atypical and his uh, behaviors were more pronounced at times. To, and by behaviors, I mean, you know, your typical uh, behavior that a child would exhibit, not necessarily a behavior that is, um, you know, deemed an atypical behavior. So that was, I, I mentioned our friends and their kids because I think it, uh, as you're coming to grips with the fact that there might need to be a diagnosis or support, you're looking at the other kids and going, well, he's a little younger. Well, right. he's a boy, and they develop later. But my wife knew, and and he had some behaviors where he would it it would seem like he was playing appropriately, but he would be fixated on the wheels of the car right. or and, and things like that. And um, he seemed to certainly have some things from a sensory standpoint that would cause him to. Um, you know, kind of shut down or, right. or behave inappropriately. So uh, we had gone to the pediatrician, a pediatrician that we have a great relationship with, and um, she was mostly reassuring that, like, let's let the developmental process go. But my right. wife, had, uh, who is, has her master's in special education, said, I think, I think there's something more here. So we pushed. Uh, he was diagnosed, and I think at, at that point, it is a shock. It is a shock to parents. You still have to hear it. And when you hear it, I think you go through your own stages of progression with that. But we quickly went to work and we engaged with the school district because of his age. And um, you assume as a parent that the experts are there and they're going to be able to help you in every way possible. And, and in many ways they were. But you also quickly realize that uh, the word no is going to come up a lot and you have to advocate, and you have to push, and you have to be informed about state law and otherwise. And we were fortunate that we, um, as we had two children at that time, um, and trying to help him, um, that, that we found, sought people around that had done the work before that could advise and help us. So right. he had intensive services, and um, 
what was inspiring to see was when he started to receive those services. Um, it was a bu- bit of a bumpy road early, but his his um, his skills increased and his atypical behaviors decreased. And he had he had his skills. You know, I mean, he he, he had a he, he had his um, from a verbal standpoint and a reading standpoint. Um, he could read, but very well at a young age, but not really comprehend. And he was verbal, but he had uh, delayed echolalia and uh, prosody and some other uh, diagnoses uh, along the way. And um, I think along with that, it in some ways presented greater challenges with his peers and as he got older with his peers because because of... um, you know, a lack of understanding, I guess, which is typical in what we see out there in the world. So, so I, I'm rambling a little bit, but that is, you know, that was what it was like early on for us. Um, and we had to find the people to work with him and it was a challenge. And, um, you know, it's very interesting to me um, when you first were thinking that there might be something to address that really as parents you trusted your gut. I had a very similar experience mm-hmm. in terms of my daughter not hitting milestones and the doctor saying, well, let's just see how it goes. And something in my gut said, I, I got to check this out. Right. So I think that's great advice for any parents to you know, trust your gut. Uh, the other thing that I think is very interesting in what you said is that you know your son had certain strengths and certain weaknesses, which is true of absolutely everybody, mm. disability or not. It's just um, just the reality that society draws this line and say if you are over this line, you have a disability. If you're on the other side, you don't. When and the reality is that's not the case at all with human behavior. Um, I think um, something I'd like to explore a little bit mm-hmm. is you know you have. A teaching background, highly educated. Your your wife is highly educated in this field, and there are many families out there that are trying to negotiate a very complex system. You mentioned committee on special education mm-hmm. meetings, five hundred four plans, which are a plan mm-hmm. for services, IEPs, which are the individual education plan. Just a lot there. What advice would you give to a family who's just trying to navigate the system. It is, you are right in that it is a challenge. You know, we had so many positives. We're native Syracusans, which means we had a network, right? We were um, school employees, which means we could walk down the hall and talk to a school psychologist or talk to other parents that had um, uh, children with a disability or worked with kids. So I consider myself very fortunate and looking back really I use the word blessed that we uh, had that network and um, and we're in those spaces so a couple advice uh, bits of advice I would say for parents because it is so challenging and the first one I have to leave with even though it should probably come second which is don't take no for an answer right um, it is we exist in such a challenging time you know your child best, and there are professionals to work with that child, but often uh, a school district, which was my experience, has to make some difficult decisions in how they uh, 
work with all of their students. And sometimes that comes down to staffing and timing and cost. And uh, as I said, you assume that they're there to help your child, and they are, but that's not the only variable. So when you hear no, um, there are advocates out there. You know, there are agencies like yours that will help parents advocate. So I encourage parents to make sure that, number one, they don't take no for an answer if they believe that there needs to be more intensive services or more appropriate services for their child, but to educate themselves on what those services might be. And then, two, to find advocates that may exist in a municipality or in a uh, you know voluntary provider agency because those advocates are out there and um, I know myself I was on the other side of it um, I had parents call us who um, you know an agency or just a network would say you ought to talk to the Mannions you know and listen to their experience and it and fortunately there was a lot of good that came out of uh, um, the work that was done with my son and in many ways you know we would say he's a tremendous success story but but it wasn't all you know seashells and balloons it was it was a challenge and we were, we were frank with parents and I'm frank with them to this day you know one of the challenges that we saw with our school district is my son was a November had a November birthday has a November birthday and he was four years ten months old and he had never attended a preschool. Right. He had an in-home program with intensive services, and he was really, you know, I'm going to use the word thriving receiving those services because what it was compared to before, uh, he didn't have them. And it provided us with the structure necessary to be able to work with him and uh support and reinforce what those services were by the people who were providing them and you're right you know we were teachers so we knew the value of that and the importance of it and that would pay dividends uh in the long run but you know our first child with our school district uh we went to an impartial hearing and lost and state review and what we were fighting for was we did not want him to go into a kindergarten classroom with with his uh with students that were almost six years old or six years old and he was five years old and he needed he he was we felt like that was a setting where he was not going to be successful so we were very fortunate again because of our network where we fought them on it um we we paid someone that we trained to help prompt him and redirect him in a private preschool setting that was agreeable to allowing us to bring in our own staff and um and have him attend and uh we would have assumed that some of the places that we were closest to growing up uh were would have been more accepting but this is the world that we exist in so he was actually there was a better setting for him because the directors of that setting were very agreeable to him attending um so uh all of that you know was pretty intensive at the time but it really worked out very well and um and we won at state review where uh and you know all of this is a a 20 year old story right so things have changed and in some ways maybe not necessarily for the better i i don't know if those those private preschools that are out there that don't aren't specifically geared to working with kids 
uh, with a diagnosis are would be as receptive today as they were then yeah and it may be a 20 year old story but i think it's still very relevant because what i'm hearing is that you know you were approaching his whole education and services in a collaborative way because you know that these teachers are coming from a good place but they also have limited resources so you have to be very educated in terms of your rights um, reasonable in terms of what to request and then when it comes down to really um, pushing the the issue and and going to the mat you're willing to do that and um, it's really commendable that you are such a strong advocate and also what I heard is that you, you you put it forward in terms of helping other families, and I think that's the real beauty of our community. You mentioned uh, that we we're in a club together, mm-hmm. and it is a great club because the, the networks and the sharing that families have in terms of their experience um, is invaluable. Absolutely, and I, I will say, you know, you use the words, we, we went at it in an educated way, but let's not be you know i won't be coy about this or or any other uh adjective it it was a desperate way we were desperate we were desperate like a lot of parents because this is your son that's right we were desperate for for help we were desperate for respite we were desperate for understanding and you know it's unfortunate that even uh the people that you're closest to or expect something from would would know how to be of help appropriately so it was it was desperation and um but beyond desperation going back to what you said is that we are a part of a club and the victories that happen um are so sweet they're the sweetest of victories and when i am in a room with self-advocates or family members that are advocates you know I can see the nods and and sometimes the tears well up and the smiles from all of us because we we have been through the experience together and there are lots of joys in it and uh, certainly my experience as I sit here 21 years or so from a diagnosis is is joy you know it really is joy and I get to look back and reflect on um, my son and my relationship and my wife's relationship with him and his relationship with his siblings and his relationship with others. And there's a lot of victories in there. And uh, there, there, there's a lot of fond memories there and a, lot of, and a lot of challenging ones too. Absolutely. And, of course, being a parent to any child has its challenges <laughs> and its joys. But, you know, you and I sit here and our, our children are, are entering young adulthood. Your son is a young adult and working and, you know, I'm thinking back to when my daughter was diagnosed at 13 months. You're thinking back to three years, and you're just not sure what's in store. And I think um, part of your message that is so important and resonates is that as parents, any parent, but certainly a parent of a child with a disability, mm-hmm. you're, you're always looking in the moment, what does my child need right now, and also planning for the future, what will make him or her successful, happy, the things we all want for kids yes and it's just um, a real inspiration to me that you've um, you walked that walk and you've shared your knowledge and now in your current position you're really able to advocate for our whole community I deeply appreciate your work well thank you Tanya you know uh, I will just say that it drives my other work 
in the Senate, uh, I, and it did in the classroom as well. We want a kinder, more accepting world. I, you talk about parenting. I meet with parents who are in their 80s whose children are in their 60s. Right. And they're worried about uh, what their adult child uh, will need and when they won't be able to provide for them. And that's why it's so important to support this community in every way possible, support the voluntary providers in every way possible. And we're moving in the right direction, but we have a long way to go. And and as I started, I appreciate your work and the fact that you have dedicated your life to not just helping your child, but helping others. And so that we have a more uh, accepting and inclusive and kind world uh, for everybody. Thank you. And I'm not in my 80s yet, but um, <laughs> I, I have that fear myself. Sure. And um, I really hope you can figure out a solution before I do hit 80. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank well, you. I'm not too far away myself. So, um, <laughs> But uh, thank you for having me here today tanya and again for all the work that you do it was a it was a pleasure and an honor to be here and to continue to work with you uh, on the goals that we share thank you so much thank you for more information on how you can support arise visit our website at ariseinc.org support arise support independence